Mom Courage, the podcast, questioning norms and finding the real conversation around motherhood, being a woman, and family life. I'm Carrie Promozik, your host. Welcome, Courageous Mamas. This episode is impactful in ways I am still working to identify in my heart and mind. Tamara Aaron is sharing her story with us. She had a stroke a year and a half ago and has been on an amazing recovery journey. I want to make sure we all understand what a stroke is before we get to the interview. The American Stroke Association website is www.stroke.org. It is a great resource to explain a stroke. Many people think a stroke involves the heart. It actually happens in the brain. Here are some basic details from the website to help us all be clear on exactly what a stroke is before we get started. So here we go. A stroke occurs when a blood vessel that carries oxygen and nutrients to the brain is either blocked by a clot or bursts or ruptures. When that happens, part of the brain cannot get the blood and oxygen it needs. So it and brain cells die. The stroke affects you, the person who has the stroke, in this way. A stroke on the left side of the brain affects the right side of the body, and you may experience some of the following speech and language problems, inability to read, write, and learn new information, impaired ability to do math or to organize, reason, and analyze things. A stroke on the right side of the brain affects the left side of the body, and you may experience some of the following problems with depth perception or direction, such as up and down, front and back, and inability to create such as painting a picture or to appreciate art and music. I hope that this is helpful to give some basic, basic background information on a stroke. As you listen, you will hear the rawness in Tamara's voice. Her emotions only speak strength. Don't be fooled by tears. Tamara's tears are full of power. Get ready to be inspired. Welcome, Courageous Mamas. Get ready for a story of courage and strength with today's guest, Tamara Aaron, an athlete who at the height of her athleticism had a stroke and today is on the road to 100% recovery. Tamara is an ultra runner, and running coach with Full Sage Runners. She's in Woodland Hills, California. She is most proud of her children, her daughter Shane and son Kyle. They are her best achievement. Tamara has a tattoo located on her left side, not far from her heart. It says, give yourself an even greater challenge than the one you are trying to master, and you will develop the powers necessary to overcome the original difficulty. This tattoo has greater meaning now than it did when she got it. The things that Tamara thought were important are no longer. She is grateful for her husband and children, her dogs, and most important life. Today, Tamara is humanitarian, and I am going to read how she describes it. It is so great. So, in Tamara's words, 
To be humanitarian today is to have compassion for every person, regardless of their past, to encourage a better future for those who are fighting a battle with their mental health on a daily basis like me, to be clear and concise in a non-judgmental manner when engaging with others, to work from the heart and not the ego. Welcome tomorrow. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> After reading that, I just can't wait to talk to you. Oh my goodness. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It truly is an honor to have you here today. Um, and I am grateful you're willing to share your story with us. So I want to get into it and just kind of, I'm going to give a little kind of um, intro for those listening, and then you can just kind of pick up. Okay. So in March of 2019, you're training for Badwater 135. Now everybody, this is a serious race. And I know tomorrow I can elaborate on it. It's a 135-mile running race in Death Valley, happening yeah. in July of 2019. And my understanding, this is invitational. It's an international race with some of the best of the best athletes. Yeah. And for sure. all right, it, you are following like this schedule, and you're very dedicated to your training. And then one evening, you notice you're not feeling so great. You're a little off. Can you take some time to tell us about that experience that day and how the journey's been since? Yeah, so, um, you know, on March 24th, 2019, the night of my stroke, I was having these weird sensations, and it was in my ankle and my wrist, and it was like like a, a bunch of energy was surging through them, and it just was full anxiety, and I thought, okay, I'm just stressed out, I've got this big race coming up, and, um, you know, you just need to calm down and go to bed, so I went to bed, and I think I woke mm -hmm. up about midnight, and I was pacing, and my husband woke up and he's like, what's going on with you? And I said, something's wrong with my arm. And at that point, I'd already had my stroke, but it was, you know, late at night and, and we had no experience on, you know, never even thought a stroke. Right. So we went to bed and he and woke up the next morning and Mike is shaking me. He's like, hey, you good? And I just looked at him like, I can't move my body. Mm -hmm. And he just looks at me, goes, What? I said, nothing moves. And so he starts pacing mm -hmm. and he grabs his phone and he, you know, he starts looking up, you know, what you, the symptoms that I have. And he's like, they're saying you've had a stroke. Wow. And I'm like, that's, that's just not the case. It's impossible. You know, I'm healthy. That's impossible. So, you know, he's like, okay, uh, I'm going to call the ambulance. I said, don't call the ambulance. Just take me to UCLA. Uh, you know, just, just take, I don't make a big deal out of this. So I'm going to be fine. I really thought I was going to be fine because right. my mind, I was fine. My body mm -hmm. was just paralyzed. Mm -hmm. um, so we arrived at UCLA and things got pretty scary from that point on. You know, they admit you and then this rush of doctors comes at you. You know, it's like a scene from ER <laughs> mm -hmm. just standing over you, putting all these things on you. And, you know, then a few hours later, the doctors come in and they give you the news. And, and I just remember her words like it was yesterday you know mm -hmm. she's like I have bad news for you you've had a stroke mm -hmm. and um and 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 everything was weird it was like slow motion but I had this little voice in deep down inside me whisper you're gonna be okay mm -hmm. and and at that moment I must have went into shock mm -hmm. and um and so that's in the ER and COVID was happening at that time mm -hmm. So they, they tell my husband, they're like, okay, we're going to admit her to the hospital, but because of COVID, you're not, you're not allowed to go up. Mm -hmm. And they, and then they, they're like, she's going to be gone for a couple months. 
you know, mm-hmm. so they, they take me up to hospital and, and they, they get you stabilized. And, you know, I think I stayed in the hospital like three days. Mm-hmm. And then the doctors come in, they're like, okay, so we're going to send you off to rehab. And, you know, this is where the hard work starts. And mm-hmm. I was still pretty, I don't remember anything of the hospital stay. I only mm-hmm. remember, you know, getting transported in the ambulance and the EMTs were really nice. There were runners and somehow they found out I was a runner and they were having this beautiful conversation with me, but I, I wasn't speaking clearly because of the stroke. My face was um, drooped and I couldn't speak that well. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought, oh, they're being so sweet to me and, and they probably don't understand a word I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I get, I get to the, I get to rehab Yeah. and, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, I can understand everything. I, I remember everything fully that goes on. And then the doctors come in and they start to introduce themselves and they explain what each doctor does because they have a doctor from your waist up mm-hmm. to handle the movement from everything from your waist up and then one from the waist down to handle the movement. Mm-hmm. And then they have cognitive abilities to see how the, the stroke has affected your brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they have one um, for, you know, a psychiatrist to make sure that I'm, you know, Mm-hmm. not suicidal or, you know, whatever, whatever's sure. going on in your brain, they want to know. And right. then they have one to prescribe medicine and then one to oversee everybody. So they had all these doctors coming in at me daily. And mm-hmm. uh, when you have a stroke, fatigue is really, really intense. So you're kind of lethargic, but you have to be a hundred percent because, mm-hmm. you know, you only have X amount of days at this rehab and then they send you home. So with whatever you gain at that rehab is golden. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I was like, you know, super important to be a hundred percent and, you know, at my best. Right. Um, so I, I just thought, okay, you know, you know, the coach, let's think what, what, what would I, what, what do I need to do at this point? So I made some rules for mm-hmm. myself and one would be, you have to be up every morning at 6am, be awake and ready. Mm-hmm. And every morning at five thirty, they come in and they give you a shot in your stomach and it turns your stomach black. That wasn't too wonderful. Mm. And so you, so I get up at five thirty, and then I wake up at six, I have my tea and then I request them to move me to my wheelchair. And then I just wanted to be presentable. So, you know, I had to find someone to braid my hair, which was hard because mm. these nurses, you know, it's like, you've had a stroke. We've got other things we've got to do. Braiding your hair does not it's not on the top of your list or their list. Mm. So I did get my hair braided on, on a daily, <laughs> um, but I That's really good. wanted to be a hundred percent for that day. So, right. um, so I was just grateful for the help that I had and really just kind of took everything in. And I remember that, you know, like uh, the TV, I only wanted comedy on and the, the best thing I could find was in practical jokers. Mm-hmm. So practical jokers played on TV for two months straight. <laughs> Not one time that I turned it off. Right. <laughs> and then, I had, then I had to be in bed by seven mm. and I just promised myself, just let's move through this gratefully, gracefully and with dignity, mm-hmm. you know, and you're at the mercy of others. You know, mm-hmm. I had the, the bed had an alarm on it. The wheelchair had a seatbelt and an alarm on it, and mm-hmm. and but but I couldn't move, so that was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you just feel you feel like a caged animal, but yeah. you know, yeah. So you really, uh, and just so you know, um, those who are listening, you really weren't moving. You this was to learn to move again. This rehab time, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The body was not functional. It was mm-hmm. uh, it was like 
the only way to explain it would be, um, you know how you get the chicken cutlets from the market? Mm -hmm. That's what my body was like. It was just a a chicken cutlet. It didn't move. It didn't have it. There was nothing there. It was like just taking that chicken cutlet and putting it on the countertop and saying move. Right, right. It was, okay. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. impossible, you know? Yeah, yeah. You. I mean, so you are, so you have the schedule you're following, you know, 6 a.m., you're taping to comedy, you're bed by 7, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, you're just really, you're at this recovery, you have the schedule you're giving in the rehab area, and yeah. it really sounds like you are living each day with, like, determination to continue to make progress, You know, can you tell us more about goals you set, you know, going out of rehab, like maybe bring us, you know, kind of you're coming out of rehab and you're getting home. And what are those goals like for you in that section? So when they get you ready to go home, I was Mm -hmm. petrified to come home because um, all I had at home was my husband. My daughter Mm -hmm. was working at the time, but she was living with us. But Mm -hmm. I just wasn't sure that he was able to take on what he was because he hadn't seen me so he didn't know what I looked like he didn't know Mm -hmm. what what kind of shape I was in and I was was still at this point like I wanted to walk out of rehab and I never made that goal yeah yeah so at this point I'm still in the wheelchair and I just remember the day that they came and I and I was so upset you know Mm -hmm. like like what's gonna happen to me like am I gonna just you know rot away in this wheelchair and Mm -hmm. and that's it like that's it that's the end of me And, you know, no, nothing on him. It's just he, he, I just didn't know if he knew what to do with me. And and I knew in rehab that I was taken care of. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that was terrifying. So then I get home and, um, and everything went lovely. Like he did amazing, you know, but he would have to take care. And, you know, because of COVID, he wasn't working. So he became my primary caretaker. Like mm-hmm. he would have to get me out of my bed and put me in my wheelchair. He would help me shower and go to the restroom and change me. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I still couldn't move. I could, mm-hmm. you know, I actually I had movement at this point, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't have the ability to walk. So I could okay. move, I can move like, like, I don't know, like they were calculated movements, mm-hmm. but I still didn't have muscle function. And I still didn't really have the use of my arm and I still couldn't, I could only stand, but not for maybe, but a few seconds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then, so then you get in home care, but the in-home care comes and visits you. So it's not overnight staying. And then they give you additional therapy. Mm -hmm. And I just remember them coming and I remember thinking, you know, it's not going to be as good as what I'm getting here. And the truth was it was harder. (laughs) Yeah. You know, because, yeah, they come and they say, okay, we're going to get you now that you're out of rehab, we need to get you to where you can function on your own. Mm -hmm. So because Mike's going to have to go back to work, you know, you're going to have to live on your own. And I couldn't, I couldn't at that point. Right. And so I just remember one and I had five different therapists and one was a mm-hmm. recreational therapist. And I said, why do I need a recreational therapist? I thought mm-hmm. that was crazy. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, he was amazing. He mm-hmm. he was he was really kind. So he, he comes in one day and he's like, he's like, how you doing? Like, oh, I'm OK. You know, I'm mm-hmm. better. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, so we're going to take you outside and have you walk. And I go, I can't go out there, right. you know, because people will see me. Yeah. And yeah. he just grabbed, he grabbed my hand and he's like, 
it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just a lie, but um, yeah. So he he did. We would we you know they put me in the wheelchair and they'd stand me up and I'd do a couple steps and then they mm-hmm. put me in the wheelchair and brought me back and every day mm-hmm. I went out and I would walk a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then I remember and then they got a, they got a goal board mm-hmm. for me and they put goals on there and then mm-hmm. um and then I just remember I said I just want to I just want to walk around the block and sure yeah. enough I I did it I made that goal. Ugh. And I just kept going. I just kept yeah. going. Just yeah. kept you know making those goals. Yeah. And uh, and I finally did it, you know. Yeah. I I like that you said you had that goal, but just to kind of go back for a minute, I mean just listening to you. You get home, this is during and yeah. you know, you hadn't seen your husband and you know, cuz he never was able to come in, that's correct, right? No, he never yeah. saw me not once in rehab. He had no yeah. idea yeah. what I looked like or right. you know what kind of shape I was in and sure. I didn't know how he was going to react. Yeah. You know, yeah. but yeah. he did great. He yeah. did great. You had, <laughs> and just you know it's so great and he was he was your support system. He was there. And then you get home and I think this is so amazing because of where you are today. You weren't walking <laughs> and the goal no. was just to get you to function on your own. Yeah. You know, um and just the little idea of going outside and just saying people are going to see you, yeah. um, how challenging that is. Oh, it's awful. Ugh. But, you know, today, so now kind of you've moved past some of that. We're two years out, right? Yeah, and, about a year and a half. About a year and a half, yeah. And you are, you are walking and people do see you. Yeah, so. And tell us about that. How's that feeling? How are you feeling now? So now I can function and mm-hmm. I can meet people and mm-hmm. people who don't know I've had a stroke can't right. tell. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that is a blessing. The only time that I'm affected mm-hmm. is if I'm in, I can't handle like really busy environments mm. okay. and I can't handle when I get tired. So when mm-hmm. I get tired, then you can see the left side of my body. Mm-hmm. It, it, it has like these little ticks. Um, so I just, I just know my environment and Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I, I can fall. I'm still a fall risk. Okay. Um, but I just, I've learned, I've learned how to manage with what I have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, like Mike, if Mike's with me, he holds my hand when we're in the parking lot. Right. Um, you know, because if I'm tired that I have, I have, um, my left foot sometimes doesn't lift up fully. So Mm -hmm. I trip. Right. Um, Okay. But I mean, I'm aware of all this, so I just right. know my environment and just I'm very careful. Yeah. So you basically have maybe some boundaries in place for your comfortable and for you to be comfortable and for your safety, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, today you are you do have a fitness routine that you follow now. I do. I do. So I do. I have um, I meditate daily. Mm hmm. I work with a trainer for balance and strength three times a week mm-hmm. and I run two days a week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I cook all my own foods and I only drink clear fluids mm-hmm. and I just keep up with my daily, um, regimen. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a make your bed daily kind of thing. You know, it mm-hmm. creates accomplishments like, okay, I've got this done. Mm-hmm. Let me do this. Let me do it. And you just feel like you've accomplished stuff. So I just yeah. make sure that no matter what, certain things are done on the daily. And then mm-hmm. I feel like I can, I can do most anything at that point. 
Right. And these are all kind of your goals and things that you have in front of you that you're following your schedule per day, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to just remind everybody listening, you're telling us you run twice a week. Twice a week. Amazing accomplishment (laughs) from such a short time from all this. Um, Yeah. That's just such a motivational piece. How do you feel about that in your heart and your fitness level? How does that feel to you? Um, running has, so I didn't start running until, um, 11 months Mm -hmm. after my stroke. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that they tell you in rehab is you've Mm -hmm. got 12 months. Okay. Until your recovery starts to either stops or slows down and Mm -hmm. nothing else happens after 12 months. So I was so scared Mm -hmm. coming up to, you know, every month that would pass by, I'm like, okay, I'm not there. And it was, it was it was petrified. Like I was scared out of my wits. Oh my mm-hmm. God, it's 10 months have come and I'm not doing this and I can't do this, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so it'll let, and I, and I would go out and I try to do a run. But the thing is, is that my left side was so weak that I couldn't pick up my leg to run. And right. it felt like someone first, it, it feels like someone put sandbags in your whole left side of your body. So it's okay. extremely heavy Mm -hmm. And then they wrapped it in resistance bands so it doesn't move. Mm -hmm. So when I would go out and run, I just couldn't, I didn't have ability. And then I'm like, okay, so so I'd make my, I'd make my husband. I said, come on, let's go try. And Mm -hmm. we go out and try. And I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. it's not going to work because I was scared it's going to fall. Sure. So I just kept at it and kept at it. And then little by little, I'd run like, you know, like a hundred yards. Okay. Um, So right now I'm running um, like Tuesdays, I'll run five miles and that's Mm -hmm. a run walk in Mm -hmm. on a trail. Mm -hmm. And then on Thursdays, I try and increase my mileage, but it's been difficult because my body is still, the muscle function is still kind of poor. I don't have good knee drive and I don't have, my hamstring is not firing at a hundred percent. So the weight trainer is working on my balance and strength to get the muscle strong. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I did run one race. I did a 10 K mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and that was um, exciting. That was the best day of my life. Yeah. Truly. Oh my Truly. gosh. Oh, that's so exciting. I love to hear you say that <laughs> because, you know, you're putting these things in front of you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So I know that, we'll, you know, one of your things was to do a race and you did it. I did it. Yeah, I did it. I did it. I was so scared. I was so scared. I had a friend, you know, I had a friend and accountability partner that would go out with me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and I, one day I was speaking about a race and he's like, just sign up. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, Mm -hmm. I'm too scared. And he's like, Mm -hmm. what are you scared of? Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm I'm just, I'm just scared that I can't do it. And he's like, he's like, I've been running with you. You can. And I'm like, okay. So yeah. we did it and I did it and I had a little, I had a couple problems. I think I fell once and then mm-hmm. in, the beginning, in the beginning, my body wouldn't move. So I had to walk, you know, walk right. at the beginning. Um, but so now he's trying to talk me into doing a half marathon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the next goal is a half right. marathon. Just a quick break. We will be right back. All right. So you're getting to your next goals. You can, I just, you know, you're kind of sharing with us these next, each goal is like a milestone. You're getting to the next thing for you. And that is so exciting to hear. And seriously, as you speak, I just want to thank you for sharing (laughs) this so honestly, because it's so powerful. And I'm hearing you say the word scared yet at the same time, while I'm listening to you speak, I hear the word 
strength. You seem <laughs> so strong, seriously. And, you know, I know some days it probably doesn't feel that way, that the strength, but how do you keep positive? What are you doing to keep yourself positive? Because you've made a ton of progress. So what are you doing to kind of keep that positive there when you're kind of feeling that scared? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I I really don't know. I just don't, I'm, I'm just scared of if you, if you stop, then that's Uh, what you're going to get. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to keep going Mm because if you stop, you're going to get nothing. And I think that's what, what I do. Yeah. Like if I stop working out, if I stop running, then that's it. You're, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. And so really, and I'm not strong all the time. I cry a lot. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But on the days that I cry, I I just sit with myself and, and love myself. And then it goes away. And then I'm strong again. Mm-hmm. And it comes back. And I just have to remember that cycle. And then I just have to remember that, you know, it's getting less and less. And, mm-hmm. and one day it'll just be gone. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, listening to you, I wonder if your tears are our tears or crying of strength and not as much, you know, where you're crying through these strong things you're doing. I hear you saying that. Um, and at the same time, as you tell your story in this progress, it just seems so amazing and great at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if some of those times for you, do you ever feel like some of those times where you're feeling a little struggle, like you come out, like you were saying, you just don't stop. Does that kind of keep you going? Cause you just have yeah. the idea of not stopping. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just don't stop because Stick if you stop, you're goals. done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And sticking to those goals kind of keeps you positive and motivated by following your meditation and, you know, every two day, two days a week running in your trainer, all those things, the non-stopping is yeah. really keeping you going. Yeah. You just have to set goals. I mean, I have a to-do list mm-hmm. and, and not all the time do I get through my to-do list. And, and mm-hmm. when I don't get through it, there's mm-hmm. no punishment in that. Right. right. You just let it go. Let right. it go. It's cool. You didn't do it yesterday. No big deal. You're right. good. Right. And I, and I keep telling myself, you're, it's okay. No big deal. Put it on tomorrow's list and tomorrow's a new day. Mm-hmm. And I think that that helps. Mm-hmm. So you are, I can just tell listening to you, passionate about getting through this time in your life. And you are really committed to recovery, right? And what is possible for you. Right. So as you think about that and just listening to you is so motivating and what message do, would you like to get out there to maybe others as to getting through tough things like this? You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I feel qualified to give others a message. I'm still Mm -hmm. going through everything myself. Yeah. Um, Well, what speaks to you the most with that? You know, from your experience, what would be your message from what you've lived? You know, don't limit yourself. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. just don't. You you tell your mind what you want and just don't limit yourself and don't let someone limit you. Like the whole, my whole story was after 12 months, you're going to get what you get. Mm -hmm. And I was still 11 months and no running and I was petrified and I just didn't believe it. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? Just have no expectation and just go out and do your best. And I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. I like how you're saying don't limit yourself because you're doing more, right? 
And you yeah. almost had this message of you're not going to believe it. Um, and, you know, as part of your work, have you kind of really focused on more of what you thought? Have you read a lot about this, you know, process? Or have you just, you know, <laughs> where have you gone with that to keep to these goals and keep your motivation? Is that so, part of it for you? So when I had my stroke, I didn't seek outside, outside, like, influence Mm -hmm. because I did like I'm I I did join a stroke survivors group on Facebook and Mm -hmm. I looked at it a couple times and I thought I I can't do this because that's telling me what my what my future will be like these people some of these people unfortunately are you know years into their recovery and they're not recovered and Mm -hmm. that was hard for me to look at so I chose not to look at that Mm -hmm. and so um I did read one book and I don't remember her name but it was this lady who was uh she studied the brain Mm -hmm. and she had a stroke my my I don't remember the book it was a great book but Mm -hmm. that was the only it was the one YouTube that I did listen to Mm -hmm. but hers was very positive it took her eight years to make a full recovery and her stroke was 10 times worse than mine Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And that, that did give me hope, but anything outside of that, I didn't mm-hmm. seek because I didn't want, I didn't want to have an influence mm-hmm. of a stroke patient. I wanted to have an influence of an athlete, an athlete, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And that's yeah. the difference between the patient and the athlete. Yes. Because you are focused because that is who you are. You are an right. athlete. And yeah. so you, by saying, I'm not limiting myself. You are focusing on your goals and where you see yourself going. Am I getting that right? Exactly right. Okay. Exactly right. Like I, I didn't want to be the patient. I'm not the patient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm the athlete. Yes. What does an athlete do? They have goals. They have things they do daily to reach those goals. And that's what mm-hmm. I did. Yes. Yes. And I wonder too, with all your experience and training over the years, has that helped you in your recovery? Yeah. Yeah. It has. It just makes me more determined because if yeah. you, if you do anything, repetitively and in small amounts you mm-hmm. get what you want you mm-hmm. you get you get what you want because you make the correction mm-hmm. and then you move forward right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I make corrections but no excuses if this is not working for me okay let's find what does work this works great we're going to keep this we're going to get rid of that and that's how I kept going mm-hmm. You are definitely determined. I hear it in your voice and it is, it is refreshing to hear. And, and really this kind of um, your real talk around this for you, I can hear your rawness and appreciate that because your power is so big in the story. And it really is. And just, you. you know, just this focus on being an athlete. It's just so important. Um, it seems for your recovery, because that is who you are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so this gets us kind of to these two questions I like to always um, talk about with anybody that comes on Mom Courage. And this is based on your experience. So your experience now, an athlete, having a stroke, being in the hospital, recovering, and you're still recovering, you're going strong. What do you think in your experience is the real conversation behind, you know, having a stroke, or maybe I might even add a big health issue in your life. What might you say would be the real thing to talk about behind that? You know, I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. It's just hard. I think the only thing that really, the only thing that I know that was a constant with my stroke that I want to really stress for other people like me is 12 months is not the end of your recovery. 
Got because it. that's that 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 was constantly on my brain and it scared mm. me and that's not the case mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we need more so we need more information about that and then we need more awareness about traumatic brain injury you know I had no clue what a stroke was until mm-hmm. I had one mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and and I had no way and and you know people watch movies and they think, well, this happens. And then they give you a sunny picture. And let me tell you something. It wasn't anything like you would imagine, you know, just because the the limb moves doesn't mean that you can walk. Mm -hmm. It just means the limbs moving, Mm -hmm. but there's other parts to it. Like there's still a lot of muscles that aren't moving in my body that Mm -hmm. I still have to make work. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I just keep trying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So 12 months is not the end of your recovery is what you just said. And you are living proof of that. That is the real conversation. Yes. You know, this talk behind you can keep recovering and you are certainly, certainly an example of that kind of motivation and physical strength to be able to get there and emotional strength. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So our next question, and this one, this one, again, it piggybacks off the other one. So let's just see what we can do with this. In your experience, you know, some people think, you know, and, and I think you've kind of already answered this, but I want to ask it in the way I always ask it. Many might think blank about after you have a stroke, but in your experience, it is blank. I think you might answer with that 12 months is not the end, but is there anything right. to add to that? You know, we think this one thing about it, but really in your experience, this has come to you. Could you add on a little bit? I don't know if I can add on anything because there's mm-hmm. not a lot out there about stroke. I mean, ah, okay. there's just not like, yeah, you know, yeah. There's just we just need more awareness on traumatic traumatic brain injury. I was watching a movie the other day about a stroke. You know, this guy who who had a stroke, and at the end they mm-hmm. did this this disclaimer about you know there's not enough information out there about traumatic brain injury um and the brain mm-hmm. can heal mm-hmm. and it does find uh pathways and you mm-hmm. can recover it mm-hmm. and it may not be a hundred percent and I probably won't get a hundred percent recovery and I'm okay mm-hmm. with that I've, mm-hmm. I've come to that conclusion I get that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I've recovered enough to where I can be in a social situation and people can't tell I've had a stroke right Right. And I'm happy about that. Right. Where you're doing all these functional things on your own, your original yeah. goal when you first got home. Yeah. Those <laughs> things. Yes. And I, I think what you just said about, you know, maybe our norm is we just don't know enough about it. We need to start challenging this idea of, I mean, I don't know a lot about traumatic brain injuries either. Where do we find that information? So yeah. putting that out there that knowing more about this is important, um, is really an important part of this conversation. Right. To really understand more, um, especially, you know, in the idea of the process of recovery. For sure. You know, where that goes. So I guess, you know, are there any other final thoughts that just come to your mind before we close up a little bit? Any other things that you'd want to share with anybody listening today? Any other final thoughts? Um. Yeah, you know what? I want to give a big shout out to my team, my full sage runners. Yay. Uh, yeah, they have been just wonderful yeah. with with my recovery. And um, they have been 
just a big part of you know making me feel important and loved and Mm -hmm. you know I'm just you know they're wonderful they're a great bunch of athletes and they're so caring and you know when I when when I had a stroke I didn't think I would coach again because I just thought that maybe really you know this this broken person what can Mm -hmm. she teach me and they came to me one by one and said, will you coach me? And I'm just mm-hmm. very grateful for them. So mm-hmm. I, I say thank you to Full Stage Runners. You're the best. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you have an amazing support system with your Full Stage Running Group and your family. I mean, you yeah. really had the support system to be there in your goals and getting to your your recovery state of where you are and all you need. I'm so lucky to have yeah. everybody I have around me, like the the care that I received yeah. and the love that I've gotten has made a big difference for me. It made the best difference for me, yeah. I have to say. Yeah, yeah. It, it just shines right through as you speak. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So Tamara, if there's anybody listening that wants to reach out to you, is there a contact or somewhere that someone could send something to you? And yeah, I'll make sure can, to put that in the notes. Yeah, you can just reach me in my e- uh, my email at tamara.aaron. Mm-hmm. And Aaron is A-A-R-I-N mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Got it. Yeah. I'll make sure that um, I put that, everybody, in the um, the notes so that everybody can see that. And just, Tamara, I just want to thank you for sharing your story, your goals, really just your true self today and getting through this big piece of your life. Um, Your determination and your resilience is inspirational. And I know, I know you're going to inspire people who will listen to this. So thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's it. You got this. Thank you for listening to Mom Courage. I hope this episode provided you an opportunity to think deeper and feel more courageous. Learn more about Courageous Conversations at www.carrypromosic.com or send me an email at info at You got this. Thank you.